Hot dang, it's heating up because Heat Wave is only seven days away, but that means it's a go-home show? I have no idea. Draped in gold, baby. Your one-stop shop for NXT analysis. I'm a Flobo Boys here with you, but of course, there isn't really a show because talking about myself is no big deal. Please welcome the MVP, the true brains of the operation. Real Jack Farmer. Jack, how's it going? I don't think this is a brains kind of operation, Flobo, uh -oh. but uh, I do want to say that uh, very touching tribute at the beginning. Thank you so much. Russell wouldn't have been able to read it, but if he could understand <laughs> it, I think he would have he would have appreciated it a lot. Uh, no worries, man. You're part of the family, dude. Uh, so Draped in Gold is a shotcast that somehow we got together and got and combined like Voltron. But I will say, without the show, you're still my homie. We're we're like a two cat Voltron. Uh, <laughs> we're like we're just an arm and a leg. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's so gross. That is a gross image. Uh, thank you so much for watching like live <laughs> on Facebook, on Facebook, Twitter. You got me drooling. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, and Trovo. Oh, it's X now. Uh, thanks for being on the show. And gotta give uh, a prop. So we got a review this week, Jack. Can you believe that? A five star review. Do uh, we really? Yeah, we, we did. Uh, I can actually bring it up because I'm totally bad at this job. But I just want to say it's always cool to have people reviewing. So you have a chance to drop us five stars on the uh, Apple podcast or Spotify app. Please do so because I like hearing good things about myself. Yeah, while, while you pull that up, I'd love to hear you read what it says. Uh, I just want to let everyone who know who's watching live, whether you're in the chat, like uh, Papa Zorch or uh, Papa Princess or New Amsterdam. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, but make sure to hit the like, comment, share, subscribe, copy the link, uh, throw it in your social media to help grow the show. Those five-star reviews mean a lot because this is a small budding show that's growing and those kind of things actually do help the seo and help it grow so you guys are more appreciated than you know doing something free just sharing the link on social media top 30 in malaysia uh this one comes from john bates footman who says when i heard flobo and jack were leaving the ringer wrestling network leaving i love that word <laughs> we're kind of like fired but yes yeah. um, i was devastated so i was overjoyed to find draped in gold their honest and unique takes on the world of wrestling make for a different breed of wrestling podcast one that's optimistic and silly all while expertly breaking down the best two hours of wrestling on tv every week yeah, I like that too. It's it's like the person when your friend shows up to you, tears and I can't even talk because they're sniffling too much. Like it was a mutual decision to break up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Baby, baby, come back. You can blame it all <laughs> on me. Uh, <laughs> let's get rolling. So before we can get to the main event of this week, let's talk about the hour one main event, the NXT Championship number one contender spot was on the line featuring two men who really needed a dub. Dijak and Wesley Lee. Wesley Lee. Wesley. Uh, anyway. Wesley Lee. Wesley Lee, baby. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, I thought Dijak was his night. I thought he was going to do it. But Wesley prevailed. The man cannot be stopped. He seems to be on a warpath. Let's break this down for me, Jack Farmer. Dijak on the losing end again. Where does he go from here? It's fascinating because I did not expect to be having this conversation when this match was announced. And even when the match started, I thought this was Dijak's match to win. And I was actually really impressed by him. Usually when you see a guy that outsizes his opponent this much, he just relies on that, uses the size, uses the strength. But Dijak even had a game plan clearly. And what we saw throughout the course of this event was that Wesley just has a heart and a determination that will not be denied. And I think that he has really put himself head and shoulders above where he was even just a year ago. 
Absolutely. Yeah. One note about Dijak. It looks like Eddie Thorpe is winning in the wings, and I know that's going to be a banger. But again, another two men who need a desperate need to win. But yeah, Wesley is now your number one contender for the NXT Championship. And, you know, there was some truth to his promo in the ring. We dragged that table uh, toward that last segment with Carmelo saying a lot of people doubted him. I, Global Boys, was one of them. I said, well, he's one half of a tag team. I guess it's time to pack it in. But now we're looking at a fresh new number one contender, Jack Farmer. We talk about him, we talk about Carmel Hayes, talk about how good he is. But is Wesley being under uh, overlooked, I guess? <laughs> under or underrated, overlooked? One of those things. Yeah, this promo, this segment was really, really good. One of the, I mean, really good doesn't even do it justice. I'm someone who talks for a living and the best I got is really good. Come on, Jack. <laughs> thumbs <laughs> up. Thumbs up. It was a thumbs up, but. Listen, I'm watching this, and Carmelo Hayes has had a ton of great promos. Like, you could throw a dart at any one of his, at a wall of his promos. All of them are going to be great. But this one, to me, was Carmelo Hayes's Ric Flair's to be the man, you got to beat the man. Kind of, I'm, I think this was that moment where he really became the man for NXT and yeah. maybe the future the man for all of pro wrestling. He's so good, but... Also, on the other side here, we as wrestling fans, wrestling pundits, myself included, we need to start adding Wes Lee's name to the list of people who can absolutely crush it on a microphone and crush it in a promo. This was mm. fantastic. He didn't just hang on to Carmelo Hayes. He stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Carmelo Hayes during Carmelo Hayes' Ric Flair moment. This was yeah. Absolutely incredible. The whole thing, even going backstage when he took the the table away, the way he just kicked the leg out. Yeah. All fantastic stuff. Breaking the table. This was two star making moments, and this was absolutely great wrestling and great television. Oh, absolutely. Let's take a step back here because all night Carmelo Hayes was signing up the same six autographs. I mean, Dan Carmelo, pick up the pace. But I like the fact he was interacting with both Zijak and Wesley. Like, hey, man, do what you got to do, and I'm here for you. So you're right. There was a bit of a calm on Carmelo's side, but Wesley had to have brought it, and he did. And we've seen so many people in that position who had that opportunity, and they may hit a, hit a little base hit, or they may even strike out. But, I mean, I think Wesley at least got the triple, if not the home run. And, well, Heat Wave is next week, and Heat Wave and these special shows aren't really known for title changes. But let's talk about it. Can Wesley walk out of Heat Wave, the new NXT champion? Can he? Wesley is one of those people that I am sick and tired and over underestimating Wesley. I'm done thinking that this guy can't do what he says he's going to do. I'm done thinking this guy is only the tag team guy, only the North American guy. Can he become the NXT champion at Heatwave? Yes, he absolutely can. Now, I have a belief system. I have a betting system. <laughs> I never bet against Carmelo Hayes. So I'm not saying I'm changing all of that because of this week. Mm -hmm. But I will say we all need to put a little bit more respect on Wesley's name. Even if you were putting respect on it, you got to put a little bit more. He absolutely has everything he needs to be the NXT champion. Total sidebar. I know you're a, a ring gear guy. Wesley, long pants, fan, not a fan. I liked it. I liked it. I was a fan. Yeah. I mean, you know, it does DQ him from the thigh guys, but it's, it's a good look. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, which one's worse? Uh, being a number one contender or being a thigh guy? You know, you have to choose. I mean, certified thigh guy is a career level achievement. So <laughs> speaking of you being awesome, I, I hate to say this, but Jack, you called it. Uh, we have ourselves the North American candidate we all need and Mustafa Ali. He grabbed the podium, or technically it's a lectern, look it up, and says, look, you have NXT people, a North American division, it's hot, but I'm the one you need to be champion. Thoughts about this? Because we saw a preview of this character almost two years ago now to today. We got a little taste of this character in this direction years ago, like you mentioned, and I was salivating after just the little taste. I wanted even more, but... It was what it was. We didn't get to see it. I'm so glad that Ali's going back in this direction. And you know I've got a farmer's market. I like to invest. I like to say who's the guy that's going to come up. Listen, I'm not going to say invest in Ali, but I am going to say join a super PAC. Get him elected. <laughs> Donate to this campaign. This is going to pay off. This is this is money, flow. but this is one of those things. And I think that Ali's the kind of guy that can pull it off. This is the kind of, we talk about gimmicks, we talk about characters, it's stuff that was said a lot on this uh, at this event. This is the kind of thing that I think could be a massive home run for Ali, and it has a lot of legs, can go a lot of miles, and I think that he can go an entire term leading NXT and North America in a better direction. I think all of our watchers under the age of 30 doesn't know what a super pack is, but I get it. That is a deep cut there. I appreciate that. But yeah, we saw the character a couple of years ago. I was like, it's interesting, but we don't really know what Ali was going to be doing as a person. But now, now is something with you like him or hate him or saying, hey, look, this guy deserves to be North American champion. Here's my question, though. With Dominic Exterior actually holding the championship and dragging Lee in the way in the wings, and of course, you have Eddie Thorpe and possibly Dijak, is the North American title division the hottest division in the NXT banner? The hottest division will always be the division that Carmelo Hayes is in. So mm. I can't can't say that, but I get where you're going with this. And I do think there's a lot of people that are going to keep that division very interesting and very feisty. I do want to go back to Ali, though, and, and talk about the timing of this and the timing of this transition and how when NXT 2.0 started, there was a lot of stuff that it felt like they were just sort of throwing at the wall, hoping it would stick. But this was something that, I got to give them a lot of credit for because it feels like they waited for the right moment for this character. And this is exactly the right moment. Campaigning for the North American title is something that I think fits perfectly. And I, I got to give everyone at NXT a lot of credit for this one, having the patience to wait for the right moment so that the character has the right reasoning and the right timing for this to happen. Yeah, I got to give props to long-term Brooklyn. I think that was kind of one of the focuses on the new modern era of WWE. I don't know who's running shows. It's kind of funny reading Twitter saying who's running a show, who's not. But I do think there is an emphasis on having different lengths of storylines at the same time. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but speaking about titles, our opening contest was actually for the tag team straps, baby. Uh, the family, Tony D and Channing Stacks Lorenzo against Schism. And well, it was a kerfuffle. All hell broke loose. There were rogue Schism members and masks we won't talk about. There was a little bit of that Ivy Nile action. Uh, it was a mess. But Tony D retains. Jack Farmer, what's going on with Schism? What's going on with the family? What's going on with this match wholesale? I first got to give a lot of credit to Tony D and the family and Stacks because they've gone most of their career being guys who have enjoyed the benefit of the numbers game. 
They've had the the family behind them. They've had people behind them. This was a situation where they no longer had the numbers game. In fact, they were they were very firmly behind the numbers in this situation, but they were able to take advantage of all the chaos at ringside and still get a win, a big title defense against a very tough team. As you know, this is a team that whether you like schism or not, Flobo, you and I were both fans of the gentleman uh, in the dyad. So this was a big win for uh, Tony D and stacks. That said, I'm still, Still. waiting for your apology on assuming no. that one attack with the masks was because of the schism when repeatedly, repeatedly men with masks tend to cost schism blobo uh the first time they appear they were a distraction for the creed brothers so unless we're going to forget that part sir then maybe the guys in the masks are a rogue schism splinter group i'd say look it happened one time schism benefited every other time it's cost them i think that first time was more of an anomaly than it was the facts flobo clearly, are you trying to tell me clearly the mass men just didn't know how to get involved <laughs> you can get involved by eight million congressmen listen look, there, there's rumors swirling that there may be a bit of a creed brother uh influence on these rogue assailants but that can't be true the creed brothers are on vacation we saw them a couple weeks ago on the beach in the ling tower of pisa etc etc but if you're a joe gacy you must feel the walls are closing in right it's got to be frustrating if you're joe gacy to try to have these this flock that you're shepherding and trying to help them be better more positive people when someone tries to take advantage of it and someone tries to make it worse now is it the creed brothers it shouldn't be i mean obviously they are legally obligated to stay away from nxt so if they are then i think there needs to be really big repercussions and we talk about the people running nxt it's my hope that they're doing something to make sure that the Creed brothers aren't on the premises because as we both agree, they're not supposed to be there. They lost their match. They should be gone. And frankly, if I'm the Creed brothers, I'd be getting myself on Raw or SmackDown so that I at the very least have a better alibi than visiting Fiji. I think Fiji's a better alibi. You know how far away that is? I mean, I would, I'd prefer to be at Fiji on you know, oh, yeah. Fiji, but uh, I heard the water's delicious. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know nothing about Fiji. I apologize. Uh, so speaking of people who are frauds, uh, Nathan, <laughs> Nathan Frazier had his hard hitting home truths, which I forgot he actually had that segment. It's kind of went the way of uh, lashing out. Uh, but he had from the moon, Noam Dar and Metaphor. I know this is a very, um, jack uh centric uh, story because you know which one's a fraud and who's not I'm not getting in debt today not getting into it at all we're going to finally going to have nathan frazier and noam dar for the heritage cup next week at heat wave will this finally end this saga of one cup versus two well yeah finally noam dar will be able to show the world that he is the true heritage cup champion and finally bring the cup back to the moon where it belongs so what? i think that it's listen gonna, yourself yeah it's, <laughs> I mean, that's, bring the cup to the moon <laughs> i mean that's where yeah that's where they are they're on the moon live and i think that he'll finally be able to do that for metaphor and for all of us who appreciate the heritage cup division uh, i thought that this segment though just showed how much of a selfish manipulative jerk nathan frazier is though i mean here he is he's putting noam dar under duress he's speaking over him not letting him have his chance to get his words in and also reminded us just how rude nathan frazier was to tyler Bate. i actually agree with you 
I forgot about this talk show segment, but it's not doing Nathan Frazier any favors. Like, if he's supposed to be a guy that we want to aspire to, why is he putting on a, a, a jacket and telling people that they're not good? I don't understand this at all. And maybe you may need a chill pill or a nasty gram. Either one there, Nathan Frazier. But you got me doubting myself with Jack. I hate this. So please, stop doing this. Yeah, there's nothing you can do worse than make Flobo want to agree with me. So, oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> I, after this, that's my confession every week at church. Um, so, side question. Actually, I had this in my notes uh, because uh, No Mercy, which is going to be the next premium live event, September 30th uh, in Bakersfield. I we actually applied for media credentials, haven't heard back, got left unread. Uh, does it, is it time? Do you think for NXT to go back on the road permanently? That's a tough question because I think there's a lot of logistics in there. I would like to see them go on the road. Uh, now, I don't have, obviously, their spreadsheets or numbers or anything like that in front of me, so I don't know from that standpoint. But I think when you're on the road, it gives you different fans, so you get different reactions. You're going to see how things work differently amongst different people. Plus, you get more excited fans, I think, than you get to people who haven't seen you before. I mean, obviously, look at every time WWE has taken an event somewhere that they don't usually travel to. You yeah. get a better, you get a much more excited crowd, a much more thankful crowd. And I think it's good for them to travel. I'd like to see them on the road because I'd like to see them live too here in Los Angeles. Yeah, right here in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, the reason why I bring this up is because uh, the former purse carrier for Damon Kemp, Trick Williams, had a matchup against Drew Gulak alongside Charlie Dempsey and Damon Kemp. And the CWC was awash, was whooped that trick chance. I wonder if it will translate nationwide. But I have a bunch of questions coming out of this one here, Jack. Drew Gulak, Charlie Dempsey, and Damon Kemp seems to have agreed about having a partnership and alliance. If you have a name for them, I would love to hear it. But Trick Williams, as he said he would, is starting to break out as his own star is now the time to buy stock in Trick Willie. Well, I think the time to buy stock was years ago when I said it was time to buy stock in Trick you Williams. Did. But, did. Uh, but yeah, I, this was the biggest test for Trick Williams in a very long, well, until next week when he faces Dragonoff. But uh, um, Dragonoff is always the biggest test. But, Absolutely. Uh, Trick uh, is doing like the 2K like storyline mode. You know, you break yes. up from your partner and then you go through this whole ranking thing. <laughs> he, he really he really is. But <laughs> this is a huge test for him. Gulak is really one of the best mat technicians you're going to find. And not only was is he a mat technician, but he had numbers games against him. This was easily a trap match for someone like Trick Williams, where it's easy for him to be looking past Gulak looking towards Dragunov and maybe get caught up here, but he was able to still find a way to get a win against a very tough opponent, even while there was a bunch of stuff going on on the outside. Uh, Trick Williams, if you don't have stock in him, now is definitely buy stock in him. I think he's going to... We talk about the North American Championship. Yeah. I would not be surprised if Trick Williams was that champion uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, fair enough. And shout out to the... Um subdued american tights of drew gulag it was like an eagle head on one side a join or die snake on the back like i i see the reference here uh we like about this this alliance this uh matt technician alliance we've seen this happen a lot of times in nxt with uh timothy thatcher uh and now with uh, the old former catch point with drew gulag wasn't involved we like this even imperium right there's three guys who are into like wrestling and grappling and training are you a fan is it a bit too much what are you saying on that I really like this team. I've always been a fan of the guys who are really good at the wrestling. You know, as anyone who knows me knows, Lance Storm was my favorite wrestler of all time. I was a big Dean Malenko fan. Uh, but 
I think that these guys are really good. I think the one thing a lot of groups like this are missing is that person that adds a little bit of flair to the group, something that adds a little bit of attitude. And I think that's where Damon Kemp steps in. And I think he gives them a little bit of that attitude that makes them stand apart from a lot of the other groups that you've mentioned. I think this is going to be a really good team. They, they took an L today, but it's their first real outing together. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't. I'm not too worried about this. This was like a preseason game for them. I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty dominant team once things get going. Shout out to Damon Kemp being the other Steveson brother, but still finding a way to come out on top. Uh, this actually brings me to this week's general manager pick him. That's where I make Jack the uh, fictional general manager of NXT and offer him deals. Will he take this one here this week? Ring, ring. It's a call from SmackDown. They say uh, they would like to take Trick Willie and cash considerations in exchange for former United States champion Austin Theory. Do you take the deal? I, that's a very good question. That's a tough one. Um, because I think both of them have very high ceilings. I think I would take the cash. I would take, cash. <laughs> I would take Lance Storm. Right. Uh, I think right now I would take Austin Theory. Um, and the reason is, is because I think both these guys have high ceilings. I think right now Austin Theory is someone who is ready to bounce back from losing his championship. And I think he's going to be a little bit fired up. I think he's going to get up and running faster than uh, Trick, who is still finding his place as a singles competitor and may not be with us anymore after Heat Wave when he faces uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dragunov. So, um, you know, I mean, I just, I, yeah. just don't know if, I just don't know if we're going to have Trick Williams anymore next week. <laughs> Guys have no value if they're in traction, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to that. And if you will have a question for our GM, Jack Farmer, make sure you hit us up, uh, even offline or even during the show, during the chat. But, you know, the thing is, I would go over that too, not because I don't have faith in Austin Theory uh, on NXT or even uh, Trick Williams on SmackDown, but I really think that if you want to separate the two, Carmel and Trick, get them as far away as possible. And mm -hmm. I know SmackDown is considered the main roster, but you really want to be able to not have to have like this like one hour main event, two hour main event thing to make sure they're becoming their own man. Smackdown. Yeah, I think I think Trick would be, find a way to stand out on SmackDown as well. I think he I think he'll be just fine there. But if I'm looking more short term, I think that Austin Theory is the pick. Yeah. Um. By the way, where's Bronco Neiman and Lucian Price? Have you seen them at all? Playing dominoes again <laughs> with scripts. With scripts. <laughs> uh, speaking of promos, though, we actually got one from Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. I think the name's going to be changed in progress, uh, really relying on the Mexican heritage and their grandfather, which I thought was a pretty nice touch. A lot of times when wrestlers start up, we say, lean on your background, lean on what you know. Let me ask you a question. Can these two be here rehabilitated or is it too late for them? Do we still see a Lothario times two? I think they can be rehabilitated because I think that they're both wildly talented and very charismatic. And I'm just going to say now, I will always and forever be a sucker for old footage in these video packages. And they had a lot of this and that alone sells me on this team. I think it reminds me of just how important wrestling is to them and their family. It reminds me that just because I haven't seen them on TV regularly for a little bit, doesn't mean that this isn't something that they are absolutely immersed in. And I think once they get their heads screwed on straight, 
that they're going to be great. I think that that's what a lot of wrestlers miss a lot of times is they don't stop for a second and get their head screwed on straight. And that's what these two are doing. Eddie Thorpe did it. He stopped for a second, took himself out of the ring for a little bit, got his head right. And we saw he got one over on Dijak. So this is something I think is very smart by them. And I think that they're going to come back and be more dangerous than ever. One of the cool things I like about Eddie Thorpe is that it, it does seem to like his character is like straddle the line uh, between something we have seen before and something completely fresh. Um, I mean, there, it's a hard balance to hit, especially with, with lack of a better word, ethnic uh, mm -hmm. characters. And then I'm just leaving it at that because it can be very cartoony. Shout out to Apollo Crews. Uh, but talking about uh, rehabilitation, Dana Brooke has gone beyond the pale. I mean, Blair Davenport is a rough and tumble rap scallion, but Dana Brooke kind of went ham as the kids say talking about this Kalani jordan had to step in tell her mentor you're going too far is ham still something the kids say or has that become young adults stop <laughs> stop <laughs> generation z are already 25 years old, like, old as <laughs> so uh yeah this was there's a reason why if you're trying to learn from someone you watch what they do and take notes and you don't tell them how to do it right uh, it's like when you get a expert chef and they prepare you food, but you put salt on it before you taste it. No, Ooh. you let them do their thing first. And Dana Brooke knew just how dangerous Blair Davenport was. She knows that Blair Davenport is the most dangerous person in NXT right now. And so she did what she had to do, or should I say, she tried to do what she had to do, but Kehlani showed up, stopped her, much like the person that puts the salt on that new meal before trying it and seeing if it tastes fine as it is, yeah. got in Dana Brooke's way. And that one second was the difference between Dana Brooke getting one of the biggest wins of her career and taking another loss. If I'm Dana Brooke, I am very upset at Kehlani Jordan. Look, I understand that because when you lose, you have a lot of soul searching to do. But let's talk about Blair Davenport quite a second. I've been with you on the show for Damn, over two years now, right? Like, can you believe it? It's 115 episodes, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, we we have been doing this a long time. What the hell are we doing? Yeah. Uh, but Blair Davenport was always a Jack favorite. You always told me how vicious he was and how it's her birthright. And to me, it never seems to be out of second gear. She got the win this week. I'm not taking that away from her. But the fact that Blair Davenport, a Davenport, is having to work her way up cannot be seen as a slight failure. Well, she, she had to take a step back. She took a big loss. Um, now, is she born to be the champion? Absolutely. But because things worked out the way they did, she's going to have to do some things she shouldn't have to do, and that's get some wins. And I think a big win over someone like Dana Brooke is going to go a long way into getting her back into title contention. Well, I don't know. I mean, Roxanne Perez got that win. She kind of hightailed it out of town. So maybe the winner's a loser here because, hey, if you're not on NXT every week, people are going to ask questions about where you're going to be. So who yeah, knows? Like Bronco and Lucian. Yeah, where are they? And Stevie Turner. Where is Stevie Turner is the question I was banging We up. need it. Yeah, hashtag where is Stevie Turner? We need Stevie Turner on our TVs, folks. Fourth Let's, dimension. Fourth dimension. Let's get a little fourth dimension-y. Let's do this. <laughs> Well, speaking about gimmicks are kind of weird. Uh, Baron Corbin comes out and so does Von Wagner. Didn't see that one coming, but Von Wagner has some things to say about Baron Corbin and all of his eight gimmicks. I forgot them all. <laughs> I was unintentionally funny, but I love the result. We're getting ourselves a classic Haas match next week. Uh, Baron Corbin, Von Wagner, Mr. Stone in his wrinkly suit. What do you make of this one here? Why did Von Wagner make the choice to step up to Baron Corbin? 
Well, Von Wagner doesn't like people being bullied, and Baron Corbin was clearly bullying everybody in the NXT locker room. I actually thought, as I'm watching this, I loved I love Baron Corbin here. I thought that, one, Baron Corbin said it best. He's not here to help NXT and reinvent NXT. He's here to help himself. He doesn't care about NXT, and that's really the way a lot of these wrestlers should be. I know it's your home. I know it's where you're getting started, but at the end of the day, it's about wins and about improving yourself, and so I like that Baron Corbin came in with that attitude, uh, and the other thing, and, and I don't mean to step all over the, the format here, but it felt like Baron Corbin gave the kind of speech to Von Wagner that Chase U should have given to Thea Hale. Tell me Andre more. Chase's name is Chase U in my head, by the way. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so, tell me more. Because um, Baron Corbin was out here, out there saying that, um, you know, hey, I've had adversity come my way too. I had to face an Olympic gold medalist. On the very first episode of Friday Night SmackDown, I had to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with The Rock, and I didn't wilt. I didn't make a big deal out of it. I went out there and did my job. And that's the way I think Andre Chase needs to be speaking to Thea Hale. Like, look, yeah, you lost, but you got to move on. You got to get better. Quit trying to make excuses and get mad at everyone else around you. That's what Baron Corbin was saying to Von Wagner. And look, I like that Von Wagner stood up for himself. I like that they're going to have a match. Von Wagner did well here. I do kind of feel like I wish they were partners more than enemies in this whole thing. But that said, I think that I think that Baron Corbin said a lot of truths during this. And I think Andre <laughs> Chase should be watching as well and realizing that's how you tweak your teaching uh, curriculum. Okay, so you, yeah, a lot to unpack there, but I actually do agree. Thea Hale and and Chase, you, Mr. Chase, you uh, are going through some stuff, and I still don't understand why Andre threw the towel. I thought that would be explained. It hasn't. I'm on board. I love a mystery. Booker is with me. We're both confused. But you're absolutely right here when it comes to you saying adversity. But what you aren't correct is Baron Corbin's is melling about. He is lost. Von Wagner is right. I don't know who Baron Corbin is. He's just surly. Now, I will say, changing the format up, why not? What format? Uh, I love how you kind of smack down uh, Braun Breaker. I'm like, get out of my face, Rook. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know who Baron Corbin is. And Von Wagner, I know who he is. I'm just not sure if I'm are ready to be on the Von Wagner bus train private limousine. So I'm I'm kind of torn between all three segments going at once between Braun, between Von, between Chase U. It's like, who is what right now? Well, that's what Baron Corbin's doing. He's burning his ships, as he always says. He's Right now, he's still shedding the past. He's still moving beyond it. And like you saw in that conversation he had with Braun Breaker, he no longer cares about what everyone else says. He no longer cares what, what the company's doing. You know, before he spent so much time trying to better the WWE as the constable, and it, <laughs> it, was, it was got no thanks for that. Tried to put on bangers by having matches with the very best in the world, like Kurt Angle. No one gave him credit for that. So he's saying, fine, I'm done. I'm done caring. I'm just working about myself, working on myself now. Uh, now, Von <laughs> Wagner inserted himself into this, and now Von Wagner's probably going to get an end of days. But this is Baron Corbin taking care of himself. And if you take care of yourself, 
if you take care of yourself, the rest will fall in line. Baron Corbin is going to find himself in a very advantageous position when all this is over. So is Braun Breaker being left behind because he got tabled, which sounds kind of kinky, but he got tabled last week. And then Baron, Baron Corbin basically like made him go, yeah, you got punked. I mean, are we moving past a Braun Breaker era? That's up for Braun to decide. I think if Braun Breaker wants to try to reinsert himself back in there, good for him. Uh, but I also think that if uh, I also think that he needs to um, it, it, basically it's up to him. If he wants to reinsert himself, fine. But he just got tabled and he just got <laughs> talked down to. Mm. Maybe it's better for him to stand back is what I'm trying to say. OK, fair enough. So you, you mentioned uh, Thea Hale and Chase U and I still have stock in Thea Hale, even though she's in a down period, uh, recent dip in form. Uh, but JC Jane is someone that I've said for months, much like Die Jack, much like Gigi Dolan, needs a dub, gets the dub. I'm not sure if I'm still on board with JC Jane, but this could be the start of some kind of momentum. Um, I got to ask you this question, it being the second women's match of the evening. Uh, the fact that none of these storylines are directly involved with Tiffany Stratton, does that speak to the strength of the women's division in NXT in 2023, or is that a weakness? I think it speaks to the strength across all levels for the women's division, because I think you have two two parts here. One, the division is so strong. You have these rivalries that are happening that, you, like you said, don't even have anything to do with the title. They're just two incredible competitors that seem to be going at it. But also, it shows how great the champion is because no one seems to want to step up to Tiffany Stratton because I think they know what would happen if they did. So not only do you have an incredibly talented champion that – puts fear in the hearts of all the contenders, but you have a bunch of contenders that are so good. They're able to have matches uh, without the title on the line. Wait, what would happen if someone wrestled Tiffany Stratton? You tell me, will she tap out again? Hmm. They'd lose. No, they wouldn't. They'd they lose. would not. Toodles. Uh, that promo from her was so obnoxious. It's like, are you kidding me? You're so weak. Why can't someone beat you up? I'm like, that's what a heel does. I get it. I get it. I get it now. <laughs> someone beat up, please. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm with you. I think it's a strength of the women's division that we have so many middle mid-card storylines happening, right? We have things happening all over the show. It doesn't seem to be title versus champion. But I will say, in a world of Walters, in a world of Roman Reigns, or Gunther, excuse me, in a world of Roman Reigns, we do need more fighting champions to balance it out. And the fact that Tiffany Stratton isn't that makes me go, hmm. Well, why do you, I mean, why do you need someone to balance that out? You got a North American title happening. You've got, uh, you've got Carmelo Hayes defending the title fairly regularly. You've got uh, the United States championship that just changed hands. You know, you've got Seth Rollins defending the title all the time. You got uh, lots of stuff happening. <laughs> you got lots of stuff. <laughs> I, the, the women's the women's title just half changed. That that's not really a change. It was kind of a forceful takeover. That it's, was, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a leverage buyout. <laughs> I'm investing now. Fine, maybe, maybe you proved me wrong there, but uh, I want more defenses. I want Tiffany trying to lose. There, I said it. Toodles, Flobo. <laughs> You, you can't say that meme. You can't, you can't. Toodles. It doesn't have the same, the same kick to it. Uh, our, our final <laughs> matchup is actually uh, one that we saw in NXT UK, but this one has a different flavor on it. Tyler Bate against Joe Coffey. Before we get into the match, NXT Anonymous shows up again. I thought that storyline was abandoned, but it seems that NXT Anonymous is still out there snooping around. I wonder if it's going to be a reveal 
or not. But that said, within the course of the matchup here, Jack, Daba Kato makes an appearance. Haven't seen him in a long time. Three things at play here. The match, Daba Kato's appearance, and the return of NXT Anonymous. Well, NXT Anonymous always means uh, something is awry. We're going to have some kind of reveal. Something's going to happen. Uh, NXT Anonymous is that thing that's always very uh, exciting, but always a little, you know, bites your nails, nervous, because who's going to get exposed? That said, Tyler Bate, Joe Coffey, sign me up anytime these guys have a match. This was a quiet banger, and I think we would all remember it a lot better if uh, Davicato didn't get involved. Um, if it had a, a clear cut ending, if we had a, a real winner. Uh, so I'm actually not, I'm not a fan of Davicato getting in this one. I wanted to see a real winner. These guys have history. They have, they are great opponents. It's a, it was a great matchup. Would have loved to have seen this one get a true winner. That said, what I loved about Davicato yeah. did not go to uh, the school of Veer debuts. He said, look, I'm going to put my <laughs> video up and I'm coming out in a little bit and uh, let's get this thing going. Dabakato isn't coming. Dabakato's here, and he's just gonna start wrecking people. Man, that that Veer ramp up is gonna go down in history for all the wrong reasons. But I'm here for it, man. Uh, he's coming. Uh, well, I would say if if NXT Anonymous ends up ends up being QTV, uh, the Forbidden Door will be closed forever. I hope it's not the case. Uh, but yes, <laughs> Dabakato makes the appearance. Joe Coffey and Tyler Bate uh, definitely are on the losing side of that. Tyler Bate had a win. Got the, he won the second heritage cup not going to say real or fake or whatever so i'm not great about momentum here but gallus has been down bad over two continents for about a year and a half what is going on with that group we want some wins we want them throwing rough shot we want that three-handed handshaking victory we're just not getting it here well they did have the tag team championships let's not pretend that they have had they've had nothing dead but, cap bounce that's a dead I mean, cap bounce i'm gonna tell you that Flobo, the issue that happened here, the thing that is really the problem, and you can fix it right away. And you're, I, look, whenever I say it, I build up like this, I know that you get defensive and you're like, Jack's going to say something that's not true. You are. You're, you're going to agree with me on this. I think the problem, they need their old music back. They yes, need, they need they that do. theme back. That, oh, that yeah. was the, the heart and soul of Gallus. Yeah. Come on, I'm talking about. Bring it back. Come on, like, that's, that's the problem, Flo, but you bring that back, you get the heart and soul of Gallus back, and those guys run roughshod. If you could bring back Broken Dreams, you could bring back Gallus. You can totally do that back. Uh, I'm with yeah. you. I can't believe it. 200%. Uh, has it been the same? It don't hit the same. No, it's, I mean, come on. I've never, I, I'm not the kind of guy that usually gets uh, behind. We need to bring the old music back, but this is one of those ones. We need to bring the old music back. Yeah. Before we get into today's uh, edition of, of the MVP of NXT, there's a little thoughts about the show there, man. I mean, it seems to be, uh, for me, we're actually talking about this before we went live. Uh, it was a good ramp up to Heat Wave. It definitely felt like it was a prelude to Heat Wave and not a show that could stand strong on its own. I want to know your thoughts on it. Well, I think that's one of the cool things about it is that it was a, it felt like a go home show, but it also wasn't just a bunch of recap videos and things like that. There was a lot of stuff that happened. In fact, there was a lot, a lot of stuff that happened before the show. I used the analogy. It's like that, um, 
analogy where people talk about you put in the big rocks first, then you put in the gravel, then you put in the sand and it'll fill in everything and you can get everything Sunday in. Sunday school for 10 years every yes. week. That's, that's, <laughs> Your time yeah. with the Lord is a rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, but that's the, the truth is this felt very much like that. You have your big rock moments that happened throughout the show, a little bit of gravel that, um, important but maybe not necessarily there but then it felt like there was a lot of sand there's a lot of little things that were happening throughout the show that maybe weren't big in this moment but will be big down the road i will say uh because that we already touched upon at the beginning of the show i really did like the fact between carmelo Jack, and wesley they hyped up the match backstage they had the i want a contract signing today not next week and we got the contract signing but it didn't feel formulaic it didn't feel like this week we have a contract signing it i just love how that flowed uh the fact that carmelo was like hey man i like challengers it's not right now i'm busy doing champion stuff that's just so cool so smooth yeah, it felt very natural. It felt very real. And in the buildup, I didn't know. It, I didn't feel like one of the guys had an advantage over the other going into the match. Uh, and I thought that Wesley brought it home. I agree with you. They absolutely nailed this this throughout the event. Well, let's get to it. It's my favorite time of the show. It's the time for the MVP of NXT. That's that one person or tag team or official that stepped up for everyone. Who was it for you this week? You'd be hard-pressed, I think, to tell me anyone other than Wesley who went in, earned a title shot, and cut a promo that I think solidified him as a top promo guy. It was a moment that I think will be probably on his DVD someday, speaking to people who under 30 won't understand. Uh, <laughs> but when they give him the highlight DVD, I'm sure that that will be a moment that they put in there. Fantastic showing by Wesley this week live on beta max uh, i gotta give it to von wagner and i know i agree with you i think wesley had the, the better performance uh wholesale but here was a character that was building for weeks that was going through stuff and i was wondering how is this going to translate to the ring why is he telling us this why is he letting it into his life okay you put javier bernal through a table but half the female locker room would do that right what's well, going to be your first move and we finally see what he's going to be he's going to be a crusader so i, I have a bit more insight to what von wagner's about that's why he is my uh mvp of the week it reminds me a bit of um i, I like that you said that him a crusader it reminds me him and stone remind me almost of a variation of the very short run of sid vicious in ecw where he oh, yeah. judge jeff jones and you know there'd be some ne'er duels in the ring and judge jeff jones would just come out and say you are guilty as charged and then sid would come out and destroy him very uh videoable like if you have time to check out the clips on youtube you should because it really was a, a good nugget <laughs> in yeah use uh, history there very short but i i loved it this should be a whole show about that. We should do like a Drift and Gold Presents, like small gimmicks that like totally crushed. Yeah. This went away. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that brings us to the end of the show. Draped and Gold airs every Wednesday live afternoon East, East Coast or uh, in the morning on the West Coast. We're on every podcasting platform. Make sure you drop a review. But enough of me rambling. Jack Farmer, if someone wants to interact with you or even book you for an event, can you do all these events all over the planet? How do they go about doing that? You can follow me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I'm available, obviously, for live events and broadcast as well. Uh, I actually got to do a bunch of interviews the past two weeks. have been super fun. Uh, you can check those out. Matt Cardona, uh, Camille, as well as Hikaru Shida should be going up any moment. So wow. those are really cool. But if you are looking for a broadcaster to enhance your current project, hit me up at Real Jack Farmer. Okay, Camille, Sheeta, Matt Cardona. Very nice. So do you like ask my autograph? I want to get an autograph from Matt Cardona. He's pretty cool. 
just put it out there. He was he was a delight. He was a treat to talk to. Woo woo woo. You know it, bro. Uh yeah, drippedandgold.com, uh part of the new Amsterdam Entertainment Network, which is new Amsterdam.com, K-N-A-W amsterdam.com but you guys know the deal i'll be back next wednesday to talk about more wrestling and grappling coming out through the fallout of heat wave but until that time jack farmer say the words do your best and be yourself